0: Police in Idaho have received so many tips about the white Hyundai Elantra that they're looking for that they've asked the FBI for help. I hope the FBI does better documenting the information than they did in the Richard Allen case. The affidavit for arrest warrant is released in the Athena Strand case. Who was more embarrassed, the woman on the date with the or the who was arrested on a date? An example why you do not wanna be a divorce attorney and then finally our dumb criminal of the day. Let's talk about it. Welcome to Crime Talk. My name is Scott Reich. You know the drill. Subscribe if you haven't, like if you do, hit that little bell so you receive notifications and leave me a comment below. Remember, you can listen to us anytime on any of your favorite podcasting apps, not just this episode, but all of the great episodes that have come before this one all right let's go ahead and get to the docket for december 9th 2022 first idaho the police chief where the four university of idaho students were uh, stabbed to death appeared a little bit uh, unaware of the report that the front door of the house was allegedly wide open hours after the killings now, uh, he was speaking Thursday at a Christmas parade, and uh, Chief James Fry said the report in which a neighbor noticed that a, uh, the front door was wide open about 8.30 a.m. in the morning after uh, the homicides was uh, news to him. Uh, Chief Fry could neither confirm nor de- deny whether the door was in fact left open, and it was previously stated the house had no visible signs of a break-in. He said, quote, I'm not even sure where that came from, to be quite honest. He did say that uh, he could uh, neither confirm nor deny whether the door was in fact left open. I don't even know the answer to that one. If I did, I would probably comment on that, but I don't know the answer whether the door was open, end quote. Thank you, Chief Fry. Your leadership is inspiring. And for those who aren't familiar, a neighbor did say that the front door, which gives access to the floor where the two victims' roommates were staying, was open at 8.30 a.m. on November 13th. Police have said that they believe the murders happened sometime between 3 a.m. and 4 a.m. on that morning. And the Moscow police said earlier that it is probing movements of uh, Mr. Chapin and Ms. Kornodal who visited a frat house where Ethan was a member hours before the murders. Police believe Ethan and Zainab visited the Sigma Chi house from about 9 p.m. on November 12th until about 1.45 a.m. on the 13th, when they returned to Zena's off-campus home, just a brief walk away from where the murders took place. Now, Ethan was a member of the frat, and apparently there were no cameras in the Sigma Chi house that might uh, aid in the investigation. Now, uh, Ethan and uh, Zena were both 20 years old, and they were dating when they were stabbed to death, along with uh, Zena's roommate, uh, Kaylee Gonzalez and Madison Mogan, in their home, obviously, what they uh, shared while they were sleeping. Police still have no suspects and have not located a murder weapon. Earlier appeals to the public has focused on Kaylee and Madison's activities on the night of the murders, which involves stops at a sports bar and a food truck. Police investigating the murders have received such an influx, though, on the tips related to their search of that uh, white Hyundai Elantra sedan spotted near the crime scene that they've enlisted the uh, FBI, their call center, in fact, the FBI call center. Now this comes just days after the Moscow Police Department scaled back their probe and removed a quarter of the officers assigned to the case while insisting that it is still the department's uh, lead case uh, that they're investigating. With the amount of tips coming in, calls are being directed to the FBI center to which uh, they are going to process the information according to the police. Uh, Now, police said the 2001 to 2013 Hyundai Elantra was spotted in the immediate area of the off-campus house where the students were stabbed to death in the early morning hours of November 13th. Thousands of tips are being sorted. This is apparently a global call center, and it has the resources to take those calls and categorize them and send them to investigators so they can utilize those tips in the investigation, the police said. Apparently, there's been some 6,000 tips received in this case. I'm sure everybody that has somebody with a uh, Elantra in their neighborhood has called in that particular tip. Police don't say exactly why they want to talk with this person, but they would like to simply speak with the person, the unknown uh, car, Uh, has an unknown license plate as well. Now, you hope that the FBI call center does a little bit better than the FBI assistance that they received in the Richard Allen case on the Delphi homicides. As you recall, it was the FBI contract employee in that particular case that took down the report of Mr. Allen stating that he was in the area on the day of the alleged murders on the Delphi case. But it got misclassified and police apparently didn't know about Mr. Allen for five years. Your FBI tip department helping out there as well. Let's hope they get a, a little better on the, this investigation. Anyway, so in this particular case, in uh, the uh, Moscow uh, Police Department is leading the uh, investigation with the assistance of the Idaho State Police the uh, local sheriff's office, and as well as the FBI. Like I said, they have scaled that back to um, six detectives with a support staff. Uh, They apparently have 48 FBI agents and at least 30 Idaho state police officers plus a separate forensic unit. But the department insists it is still the lead agency after it received a $1 million grant from the state to expand the manhunt, which now enters its fourth week without a suspect or a murder weapon. Next on the docket, an absolute tragic story. And uh, this accused killer? Yeah, I think everybody's gonna hate him. This is in regards to the Athena Strand homicide. The FedEx driver accused of abducting and killing a seven-year-old girl last week in Texas told authorities that he had strangled the victim after he accidentally hit her with his van while making a delivery at her home. Now, this is according to the arrest warrant. Tanner Lynn Horner told investigators that Athena Strand wasn't seriously hurt after he hit her while backing up, but he panicked and put her in his van. He said she was talking to him and even told him her name. When Athena began saying she would tell her father about the accident, Horner attempted to silence her by breaking her neck and then killing her. That's according to the arrest affidavit. But Horner said he was unable to break the little girl's neck, so he strangled her instead with his bare hands in his FedEx truck. Investigators identified Horner as a suspect after they learned FedEx had delivered a package when Athena went missing. When they took him in for questioning, Horner told authorities what happened and said that he would be willing to take them to her body. He brought police to the body of water where Athena's lifeless body was found and later identified. The affidavit also revealed that Horner's FedEx truck was equipped with a video camera and feeds from the video showed Horner bringing the girl resembling Athena into the truck. Horner could be seen speaking with the girl inside the truck in the video and it's unclear if he could be seen attacking her on that footage as well. The affidavit describes in excruciating detail how Horner murdered the seven-year-old. The location where he dumped Athena's body was about 15 minutes southwest of Paradise, Texas, where the young girl resided. I, I just don't get cases like that. Absolutely, completely senseless. I'll just leave it at that. I don't even know what to say. Okay, here's a awkward situation, and if you don't have a good reason to, uh, at this point, ever go to crimetalksearch.com where you can get that background subscription service where you can you know do a background search on anybody. And as many people as you want while you have that subscription, yeah, go to the link. This next story will tell you why you need to do that, you know, to see if people have arrest records, if they have warrants, do they have to register? Yeah. You don't want to be in this awkward situation. So apparently there was a situation in Seattle where a man is being arrested for child molestation and sexual exploitation while he's on a date with a woman. Now, photographs released by the police show the man who's not been identified as being handcuffed by the police in a bar at a restaurant on December 2nd. The officers can be seen speaking to a blonde lady, presumably the date, as they dragged the man from the booth and led him out of the establishment. Apparently, this twisted little guy was in the middle of dinner when the cops swooped in, according to the police's... uh, According to the police department's Twitter account, uh, he was then hauled away in handcuffs and uh, thrown into the back seat of the car, where he's being booked. The man was arrested on a $250,000 felony warrant for child molestation and sexual exploitation of a child. It is not clear where the couple were in fact dining or who the mystery woman was. I'm sure she wants to remain um, completely anonymous. Apparently, the uh, detective started investigating this creep on uh, back in September after accusations were made on him. And then um, apparently it was corroborated enough to the point where a arrest warrant was obtained. So it just goes to show you, uh, it makes you wonder, what's more awkward, dating the p- where he's getting arrested or being the p- getting arrested? I'm sure both of them wanted to simply die. Anyway, the uh, unidentified suspect was taken away on a $250,000 warrant where he remains in custody because he's been unable to post that $250,000 bond. Okay, you wanna know why I don't do divorce? It's because of cases like this, okay? I've done two divorces in my 27 years of law practice and I swear I will never do another one again. It was the most miserable experience. Every time I've touched them, they are horrific. Well, a Georgia man has been charged with killing his wife's divorce attorney and then setting his office on fire. Police found attorney Douglas Lewis deceased inside his Lawrenceville office building after fires put out a fire late Wednesday afternoon. Police said that they saw a man walking away from the scene with burn injuries and identified him as 65-year-old Alan Teja, T-A-Y-E-H. Court records revealed that Mr. Lewis represented Teja's ex-wife when they divorced. Now the police said that Teja used gasoline as an accelerant when he set Lewis's office on fire sometimes between 5 and 5:30 p.m. In addition to burn injuries, Teja's pants and hair were charred from setting the fire. Now, fire investigators said Teja was carrying a gun but that they were unable to determine Lewis's cause of death because his body was so badly burned. A colleague of Mr. Lewis said that uh, this scenario is uh, kind of what everybody worries about in the back of their mind. Court records show that a hearing in the divorce case was scheduled for next week. Teja is being held without bond. I'm telling you, give me good old fashioned murderers. Give me people that have done horrific things. But in the divorce proceedings, it's simply all about trying to hurt the other person because usually somebody doesn't want the divorce or somebody wants to make it as painful as possible. I hate divorces. I will never do them. Two in 27 years. Never, ever, 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 ever will do another one. Not even a contempt proceeding related to them. They are nasty. They are the worst cases ever. Anything divorce related, don't touch. Don't do it. It's 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 when people bring the worst of them comes out in a divorce, I'm just saying. Next, our dumb criminal of the day. A holiday party uh, ruckus involved a man dressed as the Grinch and a coworker wearing a reindeer costume. Police were called late Saturday night to the Traverse City Hotel where a work Christmas party started and an altercation uh, was in the bar. Uh, The men involved in the fight are employed as uh, local oil and gas equipment uh, company uh, employees. Now, before police arrived, the dispute spilled out of the bar and into the main lobby of the Hotel Indigo. An employee by the name of Carrie Stock told police she saw the man in the green Grinch outfit fighting and yelling back and forth with a man wearing a plaid jacket. At this point, hotel employee, Jared Archibald sought to intervene. Archibald told police that a male in the reindeer suit grabbed him and pushed him backwards. Then Archibald was on the ground. The Grinch allegedly pummeled the hotel worker who suffered redness in the left eye and his watch was broken. Now, police were able to identify the Grinch as Tucker Lee Davis. When questioned by officers, Mr. Uh, Davis, whom Archibald described as drunk and angry, reportedly admitted to being the aggressor during the confrontation, adding that he took Archibald down to the ground with a grappling style. Now, Davis was arrested and booked into the Grand Traverse County Jail on misdemeanor assault. The reindeer, Ryan Jones, was not charged. See, Christmas time of year. You got to love it. All right, thanks for watching. Have a wonderful day, not just a great day. And we will see you next week on Crime Talk. Remember, you can always listen to us anytime on any of your favorite podcasting apps. Not only this episode, but all the... (laughs) (laughs)